You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Hey, everybody. Jeff here. Today, my guests are Tony Shelton and Ross Smith from Houston, Texas. Tony is retired from the field of crisis communications, and Ross is a retired attorney, and they've been together 28 years. Tony, Ross, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. It's our pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, Well, guys, tell me a little bit about your coming out experiences and how that led you together as a couple. Well, I guess I didn't come out until I was 27, and um, it was somewhat after that that we actually we actually met. I think about 12 or 13 years uh, later, and uh, I had dated uh, a little bit, had a couple of serious relationships, but nothing lasted. And then we met at a uh, cocktail party of a gay business association. I see. At what age did you know that you were gay? Well, I think I've always known from the time I was probably about 12, but I grew up in a town of 200 people in the Missouri Ozarks, and there was nobody around, of course, uh, or on TV or anywhere else that I could see as a a role model, so I thought there was something wrong with me, and I I would uh, grow out of it. And uh, I worked for a very conservative company, so I felt that I had to be I had to be closeted, even though I knew that my uh, boss at the time was also gay. I see. Okay. And Ross, what about you? Well, I was a really late bloomer. I didn't really come out until I was about 40. Um, although I, I guess I had my first uh, gay sexual experience when I was 30. But after that, I kept trying to fit in as a straight man or maybe as a bi man, I wanted to get married and have a traditional family. And so you met at this cocktail party. And tell me about that. How did you kind of know, I'm, I think I'm interested in seeing this guy again? Well, I actually knew who Ross was, uh, uh, but we hadn't met. And uh, uh, so... We got together a little group of, I went over to introduce myself, and we got together a little group and went out to dinner. Uh, But I was pretty much left out of the conversation, I thought. And so I wasn't uh, that happy with the way the evening turned out. But then the next Monday, he called me. Ah, did that surprise you? I was a little bit surprised, yes, because we hadn't talked that much. I thought I hadn't made that much of an impression. And obviously you had. So, Ross, tell me, what was that like from your perspective? Well, I'll say that I I think from both of our perspectives, attending that cocktail party was quite purposeful. Um, I had actually uh, talked to a doctor that I, somehow I happened to know that he was gay. And I told him that, I thought I was ready to meet some gay men. And that was really the first time I kind of came out to anybody. It's when I did with this gay doctor. 
and it was in a in a uh, clinical setting. Oh, you were seeing him as a patient? Yes. Okay. And he said, well, um, why don't you come with me, uh, go as my guest to this organization, this gay organization for professionals, and um, there will be an opportunity to meet lots of other gay men. And that's where I met Tony. So you're that one gay guy in the whole country that came out, went to the first party, and met his life partner <laughs> all in one fell swoop, right? I don't know if I'm unique, but that's what happened. The rest of us kiss a lot of frogs, and you just found your prince right from the beginning. I guess wow. so. I was very lucky. And so after uh, that dinner and mm -hmm. Ross calls you, Tony... Uh, tell me how things progressed from there where you kind of figured out that this was something you really wanted to make long term. Well, he called me and we went uh, to lunch and it was fine. Uh, I don't know if I would say it was great, but we went on a second date and it was great. And uh, we've been together ever since. What was the difference between the first and second date? I don't know, maybe we were rushed at lunch or thinking about getting back to work. But uh, when we went out to dinner, we had a little bit more time to relax and get to know each other. And we just seemed to click. We had so much in common in our pasts. Uh, we had both grown up in small towns and we had both taught high school for only one semester before we went on to uh, further education. And... Uh, we found out that my mother and Ross's father were postmasters of their of our small towns. So we had all of You're these uh, wow. similarities in our background. We were both raised Baptist and had gone to Baptist colleges. Wow. And the number of commonalities in our background just goes on and on and on. And it was I thought it was amazing. We discovered a number of those in that first lunch date. And uh, I think we just we always had a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things that, a lot of experiences we had shared similar experiences uh, in our time growing up, and so. Sure, I mean, I I could imagine that not everyone could relate uh, what it's like to come from a small town or to be part of the Baptist faith tradition, but you guys just sort of instinctively knew what that was like. Uh, we knew what that was like, and we uh, knew what it was like to go to uh, Baptist College and the uh, sort of constraints that that placed on you and the expectations that it placed on you, which was certainly not that you would turn out to be gay. And both of you were aware, obviously. Uh, Tony, you said you kind of knew from age 12, so you knew yes. while you were at the Baptist College. I did. I also uh, dated girls while I was in while I was in college and also while I was in graduate school. Uh, and even after that and when I went to when I went to work. But it never did really feel uh, never did really feel right and I knew that. Tell me about your families. How are how are your families uh, part of the picture? Or are they? Well our our parents uh, have all uh, passed on uh, 
my father died when I was 16. He was an alcoholic. And um, then uh, I have one sister. She and I are very close. She was the first person I was close to that I, that I came out to. And uh, my mother uh, remarried when I was in graduate school uh, to someone I had always known in our small town. Um, I never came out to him. I came out to my mother, but I never came out to my stepfather um, because my mother didn't think that he would understand, and she was probably she was probably right. He knew, uh, got to know, and and liked Ross very much, and they spent a lot of time together. But for some reason, it never seemed to click with him that we were more than friends. He didn't ask. No, I never, never ask anything like that. So that was a that was kind of a deficit in my family. And when we got married in Toronto uh, at the end of 2003, I told my mother about it afterward, and she cried. She did? Uh, yes, and I said, uh, well, why are you crying? And she said, well, I always thought I would be at your wedding. And I said, and I, I guess it sounded cruel at the time, but it was real. I said, well, it never occurred to me that you and Bill would want to come. But she did. She, she expressed She did. It. Yeah, she did. And that really touched me. I bet. And surprised you. Yes, very much. My parents were very accepting of Tony. And Tony went with me to visit them many times. And we slept together. But I never came out to them. They were much older. And I don't think they ever made the connection, like Tony's stepfather, that that we were actually gay. It was just that we were close friends and they were happy that we had each other. Uh, but to them, it I don't know how they how they processed our relationship. I don't think they really did, uh, but somehow it worked and, and I, it worked for us and I wouldn't recommend it for anybody else. Uh, I think everyone has to make their own decision about uh, their relationship with their family, but Tony and I had a great relationship with my parents and uh, I, but I am sorry that they didn't get to share in our wedding, for instance, in all of the things that would normally be shared with families. I can see the emotion on your face that touches you just wishing that they had been there. And also my, uh, my two brothers, um, I, I didn't even tell my older brother that we got married until much later when it sort of, for business and legal reasons, it just was necessary. And when I did, he said, well, of course I know that you got married. He even knew that. I think he, because I had told my younger brother, he found out from other members of the family that I had shared it with that I knew were were naturally going to be accepting because they were more liberal and more more naturally attuned to that 
kind of uh, life. Um, so I, I, with my brother, I'm I'm sorry that I didn't come out to him earlier. I'm sorry I didn't invite both of my brothers and all of my family to our wedding. But, of course, it would have been difficult since we had to go all the way to Canada to get married. Sure, sure. But when we when we came back, we had a large reception, and uh, Ross's younger brother and his wife and two daughters were there. They were the only family that we had in attendance, and it was really special to have them there and, and uh, so accepting of us. Well, guys, in doing my research for the show, I learned that the two of you are very involved in the LGBT community here in Houston, right? Tell me about that. Well, we seem to uh, we seem to be involved in a lot of different uh, areas, and uh, I'm for one thing, I'm on the board of of Tony's Place, which is um, a group that uh, tries to help homeless um, LGBTQ youth, especially any homeless youth, but uh, especially gay youth, uh, to give them a place to come to during the daytime. It's not residential, but give them a place to come to during the daytime, to uh, have a safe place to hang out, to take a shower, to do their laundry, to get their cell phones charged, uh, and to even talk with uh, uh, a case manager who can uh, give them some direction and to help them with uh, medical needs, point them in the direction for any medical needs that they might have, and to give them some career counseling as well. Such an amazing service. Yeah, it's, it's uh, really uh, great that uh, this group of people came together to uh, put this organization together and it's named after a, a good friend of ours uh, named Tony Carroll, who was a psychologist who died several years ago, who was a uh, driving force behind the establishment of the organization, which now is known as Tony's Place in honor of him. 28 years is a long time. What would you say have been the highlights and the low points? I don't know uh, that we've had particular low points uh, I think one of the reasons that we stay together is that I feel like we're always very considerate of each other and each other's feelings. And if we have something to discuss, we we discuss it. Uh, I don't think we've had any strong disagreements more than a handful in 28 years because we don't allow them to get to that point. How do you we, do that? Because a lot of couples escalate and just the volume goes up and the emotion goes up and they get flooded and they're off to the races attacking each other. How have you all managed to stay calm and cool? I don't know if I can ex if I can explain it. Uh, I grew up in a house where uh, my father was uh, very loud and... Uh, violent and intimidating. And I knew that I didn't want to have that kind of uh, life for myself. And so I purposely set out to find somebody that I could connect with and that I felt like that I was not going to have to have that same kind of uh, 
upset and uh, fear and aggression and arguing all the time. And so that's what I found with Ross. You found that with Ross. But Ross, what do you do if you're really upset with Tony? I mean, I'm assuming that that happens from time to time. So how do you manage that? I I think I'm upset sometimes only because it's my I let my temper get uh take control uh when I I really shouldn't and uh I I just feel like as I've gotten older I've I've learned to to manage that um and and it's just it's not worth the 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 hurt involved with uh, letting disagreements um, kind of explode. I think I, I seem to recall that very that early in the first years we had a little more. There was more volatility um, when um, we got we got angry with each other, and there were really hurt feelings and somehow we just uh, it seems that we managed to uh, um, realize that that's that wasn't productive it, it didn't help anything and we just uh, things have settled down and we we understand each other and we love each other and uh, and our relationship, is is we know it we know it will continue and uh, the way you said that you're very confident very yes. secure in that knowledge yes how do you how do you know I believe you but how do you know I don't know how I know it's just this uh, quiet confidence that we both feel that it's it's worth preserving and that that nothing's going to happen to change that. Wow. In addition to uh, communication, talking about your feelings, staying calm during a fight, are there any other kind of secrets or tips that you would recommend to others? Well, I think finding finding common interests. Um, we're, we both like to travel a great deal, so we, we do that a lot. And uh, one of the things that's been a little bit challenging, but that we've been involved with since almost the beginning of our relationship, is uh, we've we've had real estate things that we've been in, uh, we've invested in, we've redone houses, uh, we invested in and built a, a, a townhouse development. Uh, that didn't go particularly smoothly. I think that tested us as much as anything has. And we are getting ready to uh, build another um, uh, another single-family house as an investment and sell that. So we've, we've had these projects, even though we're nominally retired, we've never been just sitting around and we don't watch TV all day or anything like that. We've always had some sort of focus or, or purpose uh, in addition to, we both go to the gym several times a, a week. Uh, we take Spanish lessons. We have lots of friends um, and lots of friends of, of different ages. Uh, our ages, we're late 60s. And 
uh, much younger friends as well. And we really like that mix and we, we are very social as well. Okay. So you stay active. You keep learning. You mentioned learning Spanish. Right. You invest in these properties and flipping those. Yes. You you really stay moving, not sitting much. I, I think that's that's right. We all there are always so many things to do and so many things that we're both interested in. There's just not enough time. Some couples that own a business together or spend a lot of time together because of work talk about the challenge of switching hats. You know, they come home and it's hard to kind of turn off the work role and connect as a couple. So how have you all managed to balance that? I don't know if it's as much a balance as it is an integration of um, it's, it's all part of our lives and we uh, approach it in somewhat the same way uh, with consideration and the realization that it's a, a partnership and we take different uh, roles in that partnership. Um, I mean, as far as uh, obviously Ross does the the bulk of the business in, in legal work because that's not my that's not my expertise. But I try to to do other things that contribute to the overall whole of the project. Yeah, I think whether it's uh, business or personal or or social. Uh, we're both just aware that it's it's just not it's not worth that much to for us each separately to be right, and it's not worth that much for us each separately to get our way ah. on things. What's worth uh, what's really a value is being being together and finding a way to reach agreement and. Somehow we've, we've usually managed to do that. I once read a chapter in a couples therapy book that was entitled, Do You Want to Be Right or Do You Want to Be Loved? <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's, that's sort of what you're talking about, I think, right? Yes, like that sort I of conscious so. awareness of, yeah, I could get into the battle here about who's right or wrong, but what's the big picture? And the big picture is feeling connected. Is Defin that what, that's right. Definitely. Definitely. What's that been like for you, Tony? You were nodding as Ross was talking, so you share that philosophy. Yeah, I, I share that philosophy very, uh, very strongly. Uh, I, I sometimes think, uh, okay, now, who cares most about uh, this particular topic that we're discussing or that we're trying to, a decision that we're trying to come to? And um, how can we come to agreement if if somehow we're not at agreement yet. Because um, that's where I want us to end up uh, when, it's, when it's all said and done, that we're, we're both happy with the outcome and that we've considered the other person's happiness as well. Yes, yes. You know, there's a lot of uh, information in the, my field of couples therapy that talks about perpetual problems and the reality that Every couple, gay or straight, has a set of problems that's probably not resolvable. And they'll be grappling with those issues for the rest of their life. But what they can learn to do is modulate and uh, cope with those differences. So I was hearing you talk a little bit about how you regulate your emotions and how you stay focused on 
maybe not finding a solution, but a way around if you're sort of at a at a standstill. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly what we what we do. Um, how are we going to come to an agreement here? Uh, do do I give a little bit here? Do I uh, express a stronger interest in a particular outcome there? And looking for that balance so that uh, so that I don't expect to uh, always get what's most important to me. Uh, even though I do, because what's most important to me is that we come to some agreement and we continue on loving each other. I, I guess I would want anyone to know that it's, it, it can be worth it uh, sometimes to, to compromise, to get along, but having, uh, having a close relationship with someone you love and keeping that going and sustaining that is is worth it. Twenty eight years into it, what do you still love about Tony Ross? When you look across the bedroom or the living room, what do you see? What do you feel that says, "Yeah, I made the right choice at that party"? Oh, I think he, he's somebody that's kind and loving and generous and he happens to have a great sense of humor too is that right makes yes. you laugh a lot yes. that's important what about for you tony what is the what is it that you see in ross still well i think i see the same things that he that he mentioned he's loving and kind and and generous and smart and and funny and he's always there for me. You mentioned your father and mm-hmm. that he was an alcoholic. And so I wanted to ask, was there anything from your growing up experience that uh, you brought forward into your relationship? I think, Tony, you said you were very conscious that you did not want to do your relationship the way you right. saw your father do his. Right. Happily, my mother's parents... Um, were great together, and so from watching them, I I saw people who were uh, kind and considerate and loving, not only of of their kids and grandkids, but of one another. And it was obvious that they were uh, deeply in love and deeply cared about each other, even after all those years together. And so I decided that's what I wanted. Your maternal grandparents were actually your role model. For yes, that. yes, they were. I see. Okay. How about for you, Ross? Anything come to mind? I I guess what I learned was commitment. Um, that you make a commitment and you stand by it. And my my parents did. Uh, that's been true for both of my brothers, and uh, for that's. That's the way I, that's the way I see in part relationships. Some people don't seem to uh, understand the importance of the commitment and that it, um, sometimes it transcends yourself and your own needs and wants. And, um, that, 
tells you to honor the other person and their needs and make the relationship last because you're committed to it. Commitment. Guys, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you, Jack. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening, and have a great week.